When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Podcast. We continue our college football preview as we talk about the Big Ten, and we'll also talk about Major League Baseball trades. That's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky, the finest jerky in the game. RighteousFelon.com, use code BELLYUP, you're going to get 15% off your purchase I'm your host, Vince Stover, joined by my dad, Dale Stover. By the way, still modeling the greatest apparel in all time. <laughs> hey, Dad, how you doing? Hey, doing good, doing good. Uh, that apparel can be found, by the way, if you go to the Sports Stove Twitter, at Sports Stove. And uh, we got a pinned tweet there with a link, and you can get yourself a shirt, sweatshirt, long sleeve shirt, uh, whatever you like, there and available for you. Uh, man, we're getting close to football season, Dad. It's starting to feel like it, isn't it? It is. It is. A lot going on. Of course, the NFL camps, a lot going on there. And, um, yeah, college football is just right around the corner. As I've traveled around here, I see high schools practicing some out in the afternoon. So, yeah, football, now that we're in August, football is pretty close. Yeah, everybody's active. You know, I've been talking with the EKU guys, and they started camp yesterday uh, or, yeah, yesterday. So, uh, they're in full full mode right now, getting ready for the season. They'll be traveling up to Cincinnati to start the season, then uh, play Kentucky in week two before getting into a little bit uh, lesser talent, I guess might be the right word for it. But either way, uh, yeah, football's in full gear. We've been talking college football. We've already talked the ACC, the Big 12, and the Pac-12. Uh, if you missed those episodes, you can go back and take a listen uh, wherever you get the Sports Stove podcast at YouTube or uh, the audio version available at uh, Apple, Spotify, or again, wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we are talking about the Big Ten. Before we get into that, a lot happening in the realignment world. The Pac-12 appears to be continuing to crumble down. Supposedly, uh, Apple TV might consider partnering with them, but again, who in the world is going to be there? Uh, the latest things to come out says that Oregon and Washington would go to the Big Ten. Uh, then what, Arizona and Utah and Arizona State maybe to the Big 12. And then you got the rest of everybody else trying to figure stuff out. So um, there's still a lot to be be learned uh, where things end up. But it won't be long. I think we'll be down to four major conferences. And, uh, and then we'll see if the ACC can hold on or if they miss out on it. Uh, all together as well. And that one team to watch for, Dad, is still Notre Dame. 
what eventually happens to Notre Dame? Do they eventually join one of these conferences? The ACC makes sense because they've been aligned with them in the past. But again, if it starts to go downhill, the Big Ten obviously would be all about Notre Dame. I think the SEC would be all about Notre Dame as well. So uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. We'll continue to just uh, stay on top of whatever's happening with realignment. But today it is the Big Ten. I don't know why they still call it that. There's 14 teams in the Big Ten. Uh, but nonetheless, we're going to go through this alphabetical order, so we're not going to go by divisions or anything like that. We're just going to go straight through it, alphabetical order. And that brings us first and foremost to uh, Illinois. Uh, Dad kind of cheers for Illinois. Um, not really football. Have you ever cheered for Illinois football? Um, a, a little bit more in basketball. I'd be more, you know, of a Tennessee fan, but I like Illinois, you know, um, as far as in the Big Ten is concerned, I'd be for them in most games. So, um, and they've, you know, now that they've picked up a little bit. And um, I think the biggest change, it was funny as I was preparing for this um, here, as I read, um, they talked about a couple teams and they said you could kind of see in Illinois what happens when you get a good coach. And I think that really changed things for Illinois. Yeah, that's for sure. So, Illinois is coached by Brett Bielema. Uh, came over, already saw improvement, won eight games last year, the best win total for Illinois since 2007, which 2007 doesn't seem like that long ago, but you start doing the math and you go, well, yep, that was a long time ago. <laughs> so, uh, so it was. They got quarterback Luke Altmeyer from Ole Miss, uh, transfer from Ole Miss. The offense does have some questions, but the defense led the Big Ten last year in Big Ten Conference games, holding opponents to 12.8 points per game. Uh, so we expect that defense to be pretty good, although they did lose their defensive coordinator. Um, but the, the expectation would be is the defense stays solid. The question is, can the offense garner what it needs to uh, behind Altmeyer and the running game and things like that? Illinois, their win total set at 6.5. That would be a quick bump backwards from last season. I'm comfortable with going over here. I think seven, eight wins uh, is is definitely doable for Illinois with their schedule as well. Um, so I go over six and a half, Dad. How do you feel about the Illini? Yeah, I, I think they're still going to do well. I think they'll be over six and a half. Seven might be about where they're at. Eight would be a good year again because they do have uh, some tough teams and they've got a fairly good schedule. But they have some teams they can beat there. So um, I, I think um, when you look at it, I think, you know, again, they've got um, Kansas, you know, out of the conference, which has done better. But otherwise, they should be fine. And, um, I, I, yeah, I'll go over, I think, seven or eight wins. I mean, if you ask a decade ago, Illinois-Kansas football game, how entertaining is that going to be? You probably yeah. wouldn't have said much of anything, but this year it lines up to be actually a really good football game, I think. Yes. Uh, Illinois, six and a half. We both go over there. We expect good things out of Brett Bielema. Can Illinois, will Illinois ever be a legit contender in the Big Ten? Um, well, of course, the Big Ten is going to change, um, and you know that's going to change all the way around when you add those other teams. I think they can. I think with Bielema, if he stays there, um, 
course, you know, you would say, well, recruiting's a big thing, but the big thing now is recruiting in the portal. But right. um, I, I think Illinois will be a team, and the fact of being in the Big Ten, um, I think they can continue to um, improve and challenge. And like I said, it's going to be an interesting conference when USC and UCLA comes in, no doubt about that. Yeah, I see Illinois as kind of maxing out at that Purdue Iowa range. I know Iowa's had its had its heyday, but um, maybe where they contend here and there, but mainly are in that second tier of teams, possibly. I don't know. I mean, all it takes is, I mean, you know, Clemson, they they built all the way to the top, and uh, there's other teams that have done it. So, I mean, maybe, maybe they can. Uh, next up is Indiana, coached by friend of the podcast, Tom Allen. Uh, Coach Allen's been on the show three times, I believe. And always appreciate that. I did not ask him yet this year. Uh, probably too late now. I'd usually try to get him in June and July, but now he's in full football mode, so I'm not sure that would work out. But anyways, uh, Tom Allen is back. They have a transfer from Tennessee, Taven Jackson, as their quarterback. They are really counting on transfers this year. I mean, on offense and defense, Indiana needs their transfers to work. Uh, that's ultimately what this comes down to. You just brought it up. The reality is, is, is the expectation is very low for Indiana this year. Uh, they are one of the lowest teams as far as the over-unders go, them and Rutgers. They're both at four games. I have no reason to expect Indiana to go over four games, Dad. I'm going to say over just because I like Coach Allen, and I really want them to have some success. So I'm going to go over four, but to be honest with you, it's not not based off of anything <laughs> anything about this team. Well, I, I agree with you on that. You know, we do like Coach Allen, but not only do we like him, I think he's a good football coach. You got to remember a few years ago, he really turned things around there. And I think he has probably adjusted now to the portal. And if he got some good kids in, I think we know that Tom Allen can coach him up. And uh, so I, I think we can go over four. I don't know if it'll be six. I, that might be really, really doing well. Um, but I think they can get four or five wins. And um, I think they could upset some people. We'll, um, you know, we'll see. They've done it in the past. Um, you know, the year they were good, they, everybody overlooked them. Well, people are going to be overlooking them now, no matter what you say. Um, yeah. From there, I heard a, a, a national, um, I think it was somebody in the Big Ten conference um, area that, um, you know, they couldn't even remember Indiana co Indiana's coach's name. So um, they're not, <laughs> they're not, they're not highly regarded. So I, I, I think they can be a surprise. I hope, I hope they do. Coach Allen's a great, great man. And I think he's a good coach. I agree with you. I wish that number was three and a half. I'd feel more comfortable with the over um, if I could four was the over, but <laughs> four is the push. Uh, anyways, yeah, Indiana, they're not going to contend for the the, the conference this year, um, but, it, you know, time will tell. When what I read, Tom Allen's not even on the hot seat. Um, now, maybe if they went winless, then that would change. But I think overall, there is some confidence in what Tom Allen can do uh, there at Indiana. Next up is Iowa, an interesting team. Uh, Kirk Ferentz, the head coach. Cade McNamara, the quarterback. He transfers in from Michigan. Uh, running back Caleb Johnson is really good. They got some transfer wide receivers. Transfers on the O-line, too, that should bolster things. A really talented defense. 
Iowa's always that team that's kind of like, you know, up towards the top, at least in their division. Uh, Their win total set at seven and a half. How do you feel about the Hawkeyes? Um, well, I, again, I, I don't think you can take Iowa for granted. Again, I grew up in Illinois there, but a lot of players in our area went to Iowa and played, so I've always kind of liked them. And um, I, I don't think you can take them for granted. Eight may really be pushing it, but I'll go over there just looking at their schedule. Um, you know, Iowa's always going to be a team that's going to play people tough. So uh, it'll probably come down to a couple teams that are real close together, them and Minnesota, and how a couple games like that go. Yeah, definitely. Their schedule isn't ridiculously hard. Um, They have to win the games they're supposed to win. Uh, Guys like, you're right, Minnesota is a great example of that. I go over two. I think, I mean, history shows us that they're going to win eight games. So I go over, but I, I, Iowa doesn't excite me. I don't know if they excite anybody. The hype around Cade McNamara, I'm not sure that I fully grasp and understand that either, uh, but I think they go over seven and a half. Next up is Maryland. Mike Loxley trying to get things rolling in Maryland. Quarterback Talia Tagovailoa, uh, Tua's brother, who supposedly got offered $1.5 million at an SEC school and turned it down to stay at Maryland, I would argue that was probably Ole Miss. But uh, nonetheless, uh, they did get eight wins last year, which is always a good sign. They return a good core on the offense. Really, defense is going to make or break this Maryland team. And uh, their win total set at seven. I'm going to go under this one, Dad. I don't I don't love the under, um, but their schedule, I, I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in on the Maryland hype train. And I think six or seven wins is where they end up at. Um, So I'll go under seven. Um, I think I'll be, I I think they'll be right about at seven. So I learned from you last week that we can push if we have to. (laughs) So uh, I I think I'll stay there at seven on this one. I won't do that often, but you have to say, I don't, I don't like to do this. It's not something I want to do, but no. (laughs) Yeah. Seven, I think is probably a good number for Maryland uh, as well. Uh, are you a believer in uh, in, in Talia Tagovailoa? Um, well, of course, I'm a lot bigger on his brother than you are, so we'll, we'll see. Um, he should be a good quarterback. And um, like I said, Maryland, Maryland's been very competitive lately, and um, so we'll see. All right, Michigan's up next. Uh, one of the uh, expected – competitors in the Big Ten. Jim Harbaugh, of course, still the head coach. J.J. McCarthy back at quarterback. They've got an incredibly good running back room led by Blake Corum, Donovan Edwards there as well. They got seven starters returning on a defense that played well last year too. It seemed like Jim Harbaugh was was finally getting to where everybody thought he could get to. He still ultimately did not get to where they wanted to get to. Um, you know, it's, it, it's more of it's less about beating Ohio State and more about actually winning the championship, although they'd have to beat Ohio State to do so. Um, I think, I think though, the days that for so many years it was just, well, if we at least beat Ohio State, I don't think that's the case anymore in Michigan. I think they're back to, okay, we expect to win a championship. Uh, their win total is set at 10 and a half. How do you sit about the Wolverines? Um, again, you know, they, they – they don't have a real tough schedule. 
um, this year, that's for sure. And, um, you know, Harbaugh has changed. It seemed like has changed, you know, the attitude there at Michigan, Simon, like you said, the expectations. Um, again, I mean, we should not let prejudice come into this, but I do not like Michigan. And um, I, I, I think they're going to, you know, I think they think they're going to go in and, and they'll be right there and be, you know, in a chance for the national championship game. And they're, what, a 10 and a half. And uh, I'll go under because I think they'll lose two games. Um, I, I think, I, I, again, I don't think they'll beat Ohio State again um, there. And I think um, I think Penn State may do a little better this year. Or, again, you know, they could. They, Michigan is a team that easily – could get upset because um, I don't know if they can keep their focus all the time. And, um, but, you know, Har Harbaugh's doing well right there right now. Of course, it is good to remember he tried to get an NFL job and that didn't work out, but um, um, everybody at Michigan's forgot about that. And he's just there to lead them back to glory. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, you lose a wild game to Michigan state or something like that. Yeah. You know, one that you shouldn't lose. I don't know. Do they play Nebraska this year? I don't know if they play Nebraska this year or not. They, they do. Okay, there's a wild card game. That's just Nebraska's going to be that team that's going to sneak up and win a game or two that they shouldn't. Um, I'm under as well. I think they get ten wins. I think it's Ohio State and Penn State as well. I think really those three teams. It comes down to those games. <laughs> can can they beat each other? What happens with it? I'm going to go under. Uh, I think they get 10 wins. I think 10 and 2 on the season, um, which is still a really good, really good record. Uh, but I think that's where they end up at also. Uh, that brings us to Michigan State. Mel Tucker still there. Noah Kim, the quarterback. Really low expectations for Michigan State this year. Uh, the defense has a ton of transfers on it, and we don't know how that's going to turn out. Uh, Michigan State set at four and a half. I went over because, to me, Michigan State, they're not going to lose that many games. So I went over, but it's not going to be but five, maybe six games. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I, I don't, I, they ought to be able to win at least five games. Um, but it could be tough. Again, you know, some of these teams, um, you know, that they have a chance to beat, you know, might be teams that, um, you know, beat them. You're, you know, Maryland teams like that. So we'll see. But uh, I would think they'd get five wins. Uh, yeah, not much excitement in Michigan State right now. Uh, that brings us to Minnesota. Row the boat. P.J. Fleck uh, still around at Minnesota. I don't have a clue how to pronounce their quarterback's name, and I apologize. Ethan Kaliak Manis. Um, supposedly, there's some expectation of the offense being really good. They lost a ton of things on defense. Uh, they lost three offensive linemen as well. And they have a really tough schedule. I looked at their schedule, Dad, and I looked at it and immediately said, no, nope, they ain't hitting that. Seven wins is their win total. I go under. I think I think uh, Minnesota's in trouble this year. Yeah, I, I think Minnesota it could be tough there. Um, I think I'll go under seven also. I think the key, <clears throat> the key to that would be an out-of-conference game with North Carolina – if they upset them, then that might be a whole different ballpark, you know, a whole different story. But, um, no, I'll go under on Minnesota also. Uh, all right. We're not high not high on, on Minnesota. Nebraska, brand-new head coach, shiny new head coach. Matt Rule comes in after a failed time in the NFL. They get Georgia Tech transfer Jeff Sims as quarterback. 
Uh, Matt Rule's first year as head coach in a college program. His record at Temple and his record at um, Oh Stink. Where was he at before uh, before he went to Carolina? Wait, you Baylor. Baylor. Yes, thank you. Uh, in his first year, a combined record of three wins, twenty-one losses. Uh, so I don't think the expectation should be super high in year one under Matt Rule. Uh, they have a ton of additions through the portal on offense. The reality is, though, this defense is going to take a ton of time to figure out. And uh, I don't think this is a conference you want to have a defense that's trying to figure things out. His win total is set at six. But history tells me if he's three and 21 at his other two stops, I'm going to go under six on Matt Rule. And I uh, think that he wins four or five. And I will predict this, Dad. I think Nebraska wins one game that they have no business in winning. And they surprise somebody. I don't know who that is. Is it Michigan? Uh, is it Penn State? I don't I don't know. They're going to beat someone they shouldn't beat. But I think they're going to lose enough games, too. So I'll go under six. Yeah, I'll go under six on them, too. I do like Matt Rule. And I think maybe he's a guy that can turn things around there in Nebraska. But I don't think it'll be, you know, this year there's some good teams in the middle of the Big Ten. And I think the middle teams are probably a little better than Nebraska. So I'll go under six. Yeah, Matt Rule is a college coach. Uh, Urban Meyer is a college coach. Uh, What do we learn about um, Chip Kelly? He's a college coach. Um, Matt Rule fits, and and he's going to do well at some point, but I just don't think it's this year. So I agree with you as well. Northwestern, talk about a dumpster fire. Uh, Let's talk about Northwestern. Uh, David Braun is the current head coach after firing a Fitzgerald uh, with allegations of different things going on for years. Um, I read somewhere that Skip um, Holtz is uh, coming in as a special advisor this year. He's been coaching in uh, what USFL uh, here the last couple of years, and I don't know if that's true or not. I'd seen that somewhere. But anyways, they got a quarterback transferred in from Cincinnati, Ben Bryant. Their offense is going to be horrible. Their defense is going to be questionable. And they've got all kinds of drama surrounding this program this year. They come in with a whopping win total of three and a half. How do you sit with Northwestern? Yeah, Northwestern, with all the stuff that's going on, it's just a mess. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I don't think they have the people there or maybe not even the coach to regroup. And, again, the conference has got some really good teams in it. So I'll go under on that. You know, for years, Northwestern was a doormat. Then all of a sudden, you know, they've become very respectable, have some good players, some good NFL players uh, go out there. But this year, I, they're, they're just set up for a tough year, no doubt about it. Yeah, I go under, and it's hard for me to go under three and a half, but I'm going under. I This team, I think they're in shambles, and uh, I think it's going to be a struggle. I think Braun is just filling in. They'll find a new guy at some point. And they'll have to try to rebuild it that way. Uh, we'll talk about more about them when we get into our tiers in a moment. Next up is Ohio State. Excuse me, the Ohio State. Uh, Ryan Day there has not yet been able to live up to what Urban Meyer did. But he still had some really good teams. Kyle McCord, the quarterback, Marvin Harrison Jr., is uh, right now being claimed to be a top three draft pick in the NFL, saying the best wide receiver prospect in a really long time. And him and McCord played together in high school, set records together in high school. So that's a good sign. 
Uh, of course, they've got a solid run game. They've got an incredible offense, and they've got a really good defense as well. When you look at the Big Ten, it comes down to this year to Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Somebody has to win. Ten and a half is the number. Same as Michigan. I'm going over ten and a half. I think they get 11 wins. Um, how about you for the Buckeyes? Yes, I'll go over on that too. They just... They're a strong team. They recruit extremely well. They get the players they want to get. And um, I, I think Coach Day is a good coach, so I think he'll have everybody back together. And, um, yeah, I'll go over. I think they'll probably be the class of the conference or could be. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be a tough. I, I think Michigan's going to be tough. I think Penn State's going to be tough. Um, and I'm usually down on Penn State, by the way. Uh, but I think that they're going to be really tough as well. I just, you know, at some point, Ryan Day has to get over the hump. And it seems like this is the quarterback, and this is the skill players uh, to help them get, get to that point. Uh, Penn State is next. James Franklin, a uh, guy that I do not like. That's uh, <laughs> the head coach. Drew Aller is the quarterback. They've got an incredibly strong O-line. They've got good running backs. That's That's normal for Penn State. The question is, though, about the defense. Did the defense restock? Were they able to? They lost a whole lot. But if you look at Penn State's schedule, it's pretty easy. Basically, it comes down to beating Ohio State and Michigan. Other than that, there's very little competition for Penn State this year. Nine and a half is the number. Due to the easy schedule, I think they at least get the 10. And so I go over nine and a half for the Nittany Lions, as painful as that is for me. How do you feel about Penn State? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm not a, a Franklin fan, but I do think they'll go over 10. They've had good teams the last couple of years and haven't been able to quite get up in that high echelon, and they may be able to pull that off again. Their schedule really helps them. They've got a good schedule this year. Yeah, I mean, they had a flailing quarterback in Sean Clifford. Uh, <laughs> now the Green Bay Packers back up, which scares me to death. Um, he wasn't a flailing quarterback, but I wasn't impressed. I thought he was overhyped. Um, I, I just think this is the year. I think all the focus is on Michigan and Ohio State, where in the past, Penn State's kind of been mixed in there a little bit more. Uh, but with, with Michigan winning last year and being good last year, that general thought, I think, is is you got to watch out for them more. So I think Penn State gets the win against Michigan. Can they beat Ohio State? If they do, they win the, the conference. If not, uh, they, they get 10 wins, which is still, again, a good season. Uh, Purdue's next. Ryan Walters, head coach. They get Texas commit, uh, excuse me, transfer Hudson Card as their quarterback. They got a really solid offense under the leadership of Graham Harrell, a Green Bay Packer former quarterback. Of course, the Texas Tech guy as well. He's been around USC, different places, uh, and he comes in as the offensive coordinator. Took uh, They took the Illinois defensive coordinator as well. Um, he led the Big 12 in defense last year. He's hoping to kind of do the same at Purdue this year. So the retooling of the coaching staff might be just what Purdue needed. Uh, bringing in a good quarterback like Hudson Card helps too. Five games is all that Purdue is being given. Uh, I was a little surprised by that number. So to me, it was an easy over. I think they're in that seven to eight win range also. Um, I agree. I'll go over five. Um, I don't know, you know, if they'll get a lot over six. They might get to seven. Um, again, you know, they're one of those teams that's going to be right there in the middle with your Minnesota's, Nebraska's, Illinois's, uh, Maryland's right in there. So depending on who wins those games is going to dictate a lot of that, but they should be over five. 
Yeah, I think so too. Interested to see how things go for the new staff uh, there at Purdue. Uh, Rutgers comes up next. Greg Schiano uh, is back and has been at Rutgers. Gavin Wimsett, the quarterback. Last year, Dad, Rutgers only completed 48.5% of their passes <laughs> in Big Ten play. That is a wild number. In college, especially where everything is screens and short little outs and little things like that, 48% completion rate. Uh, they're hoping that Gavin Wimsett can come in and do better. The defense is expected to improve. Greg Schiano has been able to have some solid defenses in the past. Four is their win total. And that, again, to me, that's just a little low. I think they're better than four games. So I'll, I'm going to go over. Um, I don't think Rutgers is going to sneak up on anybody this year, but I think they can win five, six games. Yeah, I, I don't know that they'll sneak up on anybody either. So, um, again, you know, with Rutgers, I really, really hate to do this, but <laughs> I'll push on them. I think four oh. games is just about where they're at. Um, I don't know that they're going to surprise anybody. They could. But um, you know, they could be the Michigan State or an Illinois or an Iowa, but I don't know that they're going to. Interesting. Okay. Greg Schiano, uh, still me, me, meagerly down at four wins, according to my dad. Uh, that brings us to Wisconsin. What an interesting program. Uh, constantly underachieving, always being great in their division, but not good enough to beat Ohio State. Uh, Luke Fickle comes in, though, and that's a big, big deal. Tanner Mordecai comes over from SMU as the quarterback. They have an easier schedule. Um, they do have Iowa and Ohio State, but both of them are at home. Uh, they've got eight defensive starters returning as well. I like Luke Fickle. I think he's going to do big things in Wisconsin. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it in year one. Eight and a half is the win total. Put me as an under. Seven or eight wins this year for Wisconsin. But I think within two years, they're back towards the top of the of the Big Ten under Luke Fickle. How do you feel about Wisconsin this year? Again, you know, um, I like Luke Fickle. I think he will make a difference. When you look at their schedule, I'll go over at nine. I may be influenced because I've been listening to a Wisconsin radio station a lot, and they, they everybody, they're very careful about it, but they said everybody in Wisconsin is just, you know, going crazy with expectations. But when you look at the schedule, and Wisconsin, you know, they they can at times win a big game. So we will see, and I'll go with eight and a half, I'll go over to nine. And they have a legit home field advantage. I mean, the crowd is crazy, um, especially when things are going well. Uh, you know, I, I went to college near Madison. We drive down on Saturdays, wouldn't go to the games, just being outside driving around, and it was just wild stuff. Um, so an interesting thing for sure. Now, in each of these conferences, we break down into tiers. We have four tiers ultimately. We discussed three of them. Uh, national championship tier, that means teams who are uh, able to compete for a national championship this year. Conference championship tier, that'd be a team that could compete uh, for the conference championship this year. Then there's that middle of the pack tier that we don't really talk about. And then the last one is the Vanderbilt tier, the bottom of the pack. Uh, very little to no hope for the near future programs as well so let's start with national championship teams i think we'll agree on this but we'll see uh, who do you got in the national championship tier uh well I, i've got two um oh, I've got ohio state and michigan 
again, I'm you know not a Michigan fan, but again, if things fall right for them, um, I, I you know I would have to say it's a possibility. So I'll go with two there. I went three. I th- I put Penn State in there also. Uh, again, I think Penn State this year, uh, if they beat Ohio State, I think they win the Big Ten. So because uh, I think they will beat Michigan. So I if I have them beating Michigan. I've got to put them in that tier. So I've got Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State as three teams capable of being in the national championship conversation this year. So conference, uh, Dad, who do you have? I would assume Penn State's in that tier. Do you have anybody else with them? Um, yes, I've got, of course, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. And um, it's a little bit of a long shot, but I'll put Wisconsin in there. If things broke right and they upset the right team, um, again, uh, if I remember right, the Big Ten does not have brackets this year, right? They're just all together. I don't think so. I've still seen it listed out in divisions, but yeah. my understanding is, is is when it comes down to the determining the championship, it won't be the division winners. It'll be the best two teams in the conference. Gotcha. But the, will they have a Big Ten championship game, though, with the best two teams? I thought so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll put Wisconsin in there as a long shot also. Um, I've got Wisconsin with a question mark <laughs> in there. Uh, I'm not sure. Again, I have them going under this year, but I like Luke Fickle a lot, and so I think there's potential they could make a run. I did not have Iowa in this list. Um, neither did you. How Did you struggle with that or, or no? Um, I, I don't think they're quite in that category. I think they'll do well, but I don't know that they're going to. I think these other teams are stronger. I think Penn State may play up to their potential this year. So if they do, that'll make a difference. We know Ohio State and Michigan's going to be good, and Michigan's going to have a good record because of their schedule. And you got Wisconsin. So I don't think Iowa um, would would quite be there, even though you never know. So Yeah. Um, all right, let's jump down to the Vanderbilt tier. Do you have anybody in the Big Ten in the Vanderbilt tier? I do. Um, I have two, actually, probably oh. just one, but um, definitely Northwestern. <clears throat> They're going to have a, a hard time digging out of this from there. And um, the other team, I think, it just looks like at least this year they're going to really struggle. And I think, again, when you look in the future with new teams coming in, I think Rutgers. Um, you know, Rutgers has gotten better, and that's been good for the conference. But um, I, I think they're at the bottom also and maybe not going up right away. Really? So you don't think Greg Schiano can, can pull it together? Um, no. I, I, I mean, I, I, I think they're just going to be, you know, they're low on talent and they're going to be behind with the other. I think the rest of the conference is getting stronger. And with, the, you know, two new, at least two new teams coming in, there may even be more next year. Um, I, 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 just, I mean, I don't see Rutgers. We've talked about some of these other teams that should be getting better. Nebraska should be getting better. Um, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, with Indiana. Um, but, you know, with Minnesota, Purdue, um, I just think they'll all be a little bit ahead. Interesting. Yeah, I've got Northwestern in there also. Uh, I do not have Rutgers in there, but. Yeah, I think Northwestern has joined that town. I mean, I had Stanford there. We got Vanderbilt. I mean, it just kind of fits fits the mold, right? They need to start their own conference. You suggested that uh, last year, two years ago. Smart smart schools or whatever, high academic schools. But anyways, 
Um, we both have Northwestern there. Um, prediction time winning. I think, I think I know your answer to this, but winning the big 10 this year is, uh, Ohio state. Yeah, I agree as well. I think it goes Ohio state, Penn state, then Michigan. Uh, but I think those are the three teams we've already kind of talked about. Um, yeah, I think those are the three you got to watch out for as well. All right. So next week we get to the SEC and, uh, should be a fun, fun conversation to have. Uh, there as we dive into everything going on in the SEC football world. Again, you can go back and look listen to the Big 12, the ACC, and the Pac-12 as we've discussed uh, the last several weeks as well. Anything else on the Big 10, Dad, before we move on? No, again, I think it'll be a good conference. I think there's going to be a lot of good college football games this year, and there'll be a lot of good Big 10 games. I agree. Uh, all right, let's move on to baseball. Tuesday night was the Major League Baseball trade deadline. A uh, fair amount of activity this year leading up to the deadline and at the deadline. Um, not a whole lot of huge names getting moved, uh, but definitely some important characters getting moved around and maybe more impressive or more uh, content creating is the lack of movement by some teams uh, as well. So, I want to get into the winners and losers, and by this I mean teams that improve themselves and teams that failed to improve themselves. So not necessarily, I'm not going to make the Mets a winner because they traded out two guys, um, or I'm not going to make you know somebody like that a winner. Teams that improve themselves. I'll give you, Dad, I got four that I think really did themselves well. Uh, the Rangers and the Astros, they added old pitchers. Now, at the beginning of the year, I kind of knocked New York Mets with this signing the old guys. Uh, but where we are in the season, you got to find teams that are willing to go for it. Houston and Texas both went out and got guys. The Rangers got multiple guys, including Max Scherzer. Uh, the Astros go back and bring back Verlander. I like both of those moves. Those, those two teams are fighting out the, the division. And uh, I thought both of them did what they needed to do to get a little bit better. The Angels are a team that I was impressed with, Dad. Uh, this is a team that, you know, you sit here and you go, okay, are they going to make the playoffs? I mean, they're within the hunt, but a lot of people thought, well, would they trade Shohei, which we told you from the get-go, they weren't going to do that. Uh, but they ended up adding guys, including Lucas Giolito, Giolito from uh, the White Sox, CJ Crone from the Rockies. These guys are not massive superstars by any stretch of the imagination, but they make the team better. And I thought the Angels decided, hey, we got to make a run for this playoff uh, a wild card spot uh, because the Red Sox, because uh, the Yankees have kind of been faltering. It may have opened the door for, for the Angels to be buyers at the deadline. And then the last one's the Dodgers. They made a, a, several moves. Lance Lynn, Ahmad Rosario, Kiki Hernandez. I like the last move they made, though. Ryan Yarborough coming over from Kansas City, the pitcher. I think the Dodgers did a good job of just shoring up their rotation. They're already in the lead in the in the division there of the NL West. I thought they made the right moves just to improve the team. They didn't get drastically better. I think they just kind of solidified what they're doing. So those are the winners that I have. Anybody stand out to you as a winner at the trade deadline? Well, um, I, I had those three teams uh, as well. And I've got two others that I think helped themselves. I don't know if they'd be as big a winners. I think Philadelphia did well, yeah. uh, the Phillies. And I think Tampa helped themselves a little bit with the pitcher they picked up. Um, you know, they didn't stay stagnant there and because they're in the hunt. 
So I think both those teams probably um, helped herself a little bit too. Yeah, I put them a tier below. Um, they did make – I liked what Philadelphia did for sure. Just, to me, um, there were just some pieces added. I don't know. I I think Philadelphia is going to make the playoffs, and if they make the playoffs, they're going to be scary. Tampa, I don't know. What a weird team. Um, they started off so hot, and then they've kind of faltered a little bit. Um, they did make a little bit of moves. I, I, I wasn't super impressed. Uh, I do like Philadelphia. I like what they did. Uh, they got uh, – who's the pitcher they got? Um, do you have that written down? The guy from Cleveland, Seville. Uh, yeah, Aaron Savali, uh, I think. Uh, I got another guy too, though, and I can't think of who it is. Uh, but anyways, I like I liked what the Phillies did, and I thought that was generally good. Or that, uh, was, that was Tampa that got the other guy. I'm sorry. Savali, okay. Yeah, I was thinking Philadelphia got um, – Oh, goodness. Oh, they got the guy from Detroit, Lorenzen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I like that um, for sure. Okay. Uh, I wanted the Brewers to get Lorenzen. They didn't, and that makes me mad. Uh, losers at the deadline. I'll let you go first since I took over the winners. Um, who do you have that, that you are not impressed with what they did at the deadline? Well, um, again, I'm a Giant fan, and I was hoping they would do more than what they did. Um, again, I think they'll be stable as a team, but they did not help themselves like they, I wish they would have from there. Um, Cincinnati did not really help their self a whole lot. Um, their Cleveland to me, didn't really make a move that they could have made either. Minnesota did not help their self. Um, and, um, Seattle, you know, I like Seattle all along and want them to make a move. And I think San Francisco, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Minnesota, Seattle are all teams that probably could have done something else um, and did not. So when I'm looking at losers at the trade deadline, I'm looking at teams that could compete for a World Series, didn't take the steps necessary to get there. Um, I would not typically put Cincinnati in this category because I don't think they're ready to win a World Series yet. But they're at the top of the division and uh, they chose to stand pat. They they brought in a reliever, whatever. Um, Cincinnati needed to do more than that. And I felt like they could have done just with maybe two additions, made their team drastically better. They chose not to do that. They chose to play the slow game. I just don't understand it. Um, then you got teams like the Yankees. The Yankees didn't do much of anything, which is surprising considering they're last in the AL East right now. Have they decided, hey, we are what we are, and you know we'll play out the rest of this year and do off-season moves. I don't know. I was shocked by the Yankees' lack of movement. Uh, the Diamondbacks. I thought the Diamondbacks were bigger losers than the Giants. They did make some moves, but to me, it wasn't the right ones. Um, I think they kind of hurt themselves, actually, with some of the things they did, too. Um, I like some of the offensive pieces they brought in, but that wasn't what they needed. They needed pitching. And they did not do enough to address the pitching. I feel like Arizona has realized, hey, we're not a World Series team. And they decided to play the slower game as well. Last one I have that is Baltimore. Shocked that Baltimore did not do more. I mean, they are right there. They're leading the AL East. They're in front. Um, they're going to have to work to stay there. And I really thought they'd go out and make a really solid move or two with the pitchers, they ended up getting Flaherty from St. Louis, but that is not going to do the trick. 
Um, have they added him and somebody else? Boy, I would have been all in on that. But Baltimore, I cannot believe they didn't do more. If they're going to hold on to all these young guys, and they didn't have to trade any of their superstar guys, but they decided they're going to hold on to everybody. And I think that's a huge mistake for Baltimore because I think they could win a World Series this year with the right pitching staff. Um, but they did not make the moves necessary. I'm absolutely shocked by that. Pretty much everybody got moved that we expected with the exception of maybe C, still in C's from Chicago. They chose to hang on to him. I think I think pretty much everybody else we thought would get moved did. Um, no huge surprises. Uh, you know, St. Louis sold a lot of guys, but they were already guys that were last year, the contract or things like that. New York, the Mets, they moved, of course, the big priced guys, as well as a couple outfielders and Canna and uh, uh, fam. Uh, so there's some different things happen, some movement. It'll take a couple weeks to kind of everything to level out. Uh, but then I think we pretty much know what everybody is now. So it's going to be a, a, a race to the end. It's a wild MLB season this year. A lot of battles going on at the top of the divisions uh, for sure right now. Um, when you're watching baseball, who are you watching the most of right now? Um, well, I mean, I'm keeping up with San Francisco and the teams out West. So, um, I was wondering when you talked about people that, that moved or didn't move, were you surprised that Rodriguez from Detroit said, no, thank you to the Dodgers? Yes. Um, I have not read much on it yet, and I don't know why he said no. I don't know if that's been reported anywhere or not. Um, but I I am surprised that you would not want to get out of Detroit and go to a contending team at the Dodgers. Um, very surprised by that. And I, I heard there were 10 teams on his no-trade list, and the Dodgers were one of them. And, uh, yeah, turned it down. They wanted them. I don't, I don't know what he's thinking. I mean, is there, some, is there something about the Dodgers that I don't know? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I was very surprised by that. Gotcha. Me too. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think through. Because they traded Lorenzen. Um, I figured at least one of those guys get traded. I guess Rodriguez, he started off so good this year. I figured he'd have a lot of suitors. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I think generally speaking – Nothing super surprising. Verlander, that one was a little surprising. It makes sense for Houston because Houston knows him. He was there. Um, I didn't think Verlander would get moved. I'm surprised the Mets moved on from the pitchers and basically kept their offense intact. Uh, and, of course, Scherzer came out and said, when the Mets told me that they weren't looking to win until 2026, it was time for me to go. Um, and so they, they apparently have a plan. You know, they got a plan, so see how it all shakes out. Um, you can get more baseball coverage Sunday night and the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. Yes, we talk fantasy baseball, but we also talk Major League Baseball news as well. Uh, so that'll be live Sunday night, 8 o'clock. Uh, then also tune in tomorrow night, Thursday night, for the next Sports Stove local hour. It'll be out on YouTube at 8 o'clock Thursday night and then available in the audio format wherever you get your podcasts as well. We're previewing defensive line uh, with defensive line coach Jeremy Hawkins. And uh, my co-host Ryan is a defensive lineman at EKU, so we'll get some good insight from him as well. Then next Wednesday, we'll be right back here at the Sports Stove Podcast. 
covering the SEC. And then before long, Dad, we'll be talking NFL. It's going to be a good time. Good time rolling forward. Anything else before we close down the show tonight? Uh, no, I don't think so. Like I said, baseball's coming down interesting. And, of course, the NFL is interesting. You know, it's happened the last couple of years. There's been a, a rash of injuries so far in the NFL. And um, that's always a tough thing in the preseason. Definitely, definitely is. We'll talk about that more as we get into our NFL coverage as well. Uh, and we'll talk. We'll wait and talk about the uh, coach stuff with uh, Sean Payton and Nathaniel Hackett. We'll cover that when we get into the NFL talk as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's Sports Stove podcast. Follow us on social media at Sports Stove. Until the next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. <laughs>